media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. My title to us this morning is Be a Uriah. Be a Uriah. Last Monday we celebrated Memorial Day. We remember those who served in, the, in our military, men and women who devoted their lives to loyalty, devotion, and obedience. We understood the, the, the sacrifice they made on our behalf. These men and women stood up for what they believed in. And even if they, they don't, they still stood up and fought for our freedom. These men and women were people of integrity, obedience, great discipline, loyal, and they were honorable men and women. They were resolute in their devotion to their country and to the Constitution of the United States. As we examine biblical history, I'm sure you have heard the story of David and his sin with Bathsheba. We know that David is one of the great characters in scripture complete with many faults as we are but however learn from these faults as we are seeing in psalm 51 with pastor bobby nevertheless our emphasis this morning is not to highlight what david did or did not do my intention this morning is to place the emphasis on uriah and what a great stalwart of the faith he was like men and women who are part of our military, Uriah was, was a man of integrity, devotion, loyalty, honor, and obedience. He was willing and he did die for the cause. Not because of his loyalty and devotion and obedience to David, the human king, but because of his loyalty and obedience to his heavenly father. We are here this morning because... We have seen the transformation in our lives because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is because we are liberated from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and soon the very presence of sin. Let us look at the setting of the story. As we, as we read these verses, we come to the conclusion that David was one who was instrumental in committing adultery with Bathsheba. Bathsheba was simply obeying the purification process, process outlined by the law. It was David who looked inappropriately at Bathsheba and violated her privacy. David's sin with Bathsheba caused a domino effect of wrong decisions on David's part. David started to plan and he thought he came up with a brilliant idea. David's scheme was to bring Uriah home on military fur furlough, hoping that he would sleep with his wife and make him the father of David's child. Uriah was more righteous than David in this. He would not permit himself, he did not permit himself to relax until the war was over. Uriah, when Uriah reported to David, he asked Uriah about the welfare of Joab the people, and how the war was going. If we notice, if we notice in, in verse 1, it says, In the spring of the year, the time when kings 
go out to war. David should have been there leading the battle with Joab and Uriah. When he asked the question of Uriah, of how Joab and the men were doing, when he, he, didn't, he didn't really want to know. He wasn't asking to, to, to really get an answer. He, want, he was hatching his plan to, 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 to kill Uriah. He was hatching his plan. David's mindset was to cover up, was to cover up his sin, to get Uriah home and to go to bed with his wife to get him, to get himself off the hook. Such hypocrisy. The king who had compassion on the crippled son of Jonathan now lacks compassion on the old army, Bathsheba and her husband, Uriah. David went through the right motions with Uriah. He listened to his report and then he gave him the night off to spend with his wife and family. David told him to wash his feet. David was not concerned about personal hygiene. He was more concerned about his own reputation. When David said to Uriah, go and wash your feet, what he was saying was, go home and enjoy a lovely meal your wife is preparing and have an intimate evening with her. Uriah left David's presence. David said to himself, you know what? Let me, let me sweeten the deal and, and send Uriah a lovely gift. The text does not say what the gift was, but maybe it was a night for two at the Jerusalem Chateau Elan and Spa. <laughs> or maybe it was dinner for two prepared by Chef Radley under the stars. <laughs> Whatever the gift was, I believe it was a carefully planned gift to entice Uriah to be with his wife. I am sure Uriah understood what the king was suggesting. I am sure all of us men, after being a, a long time away from our wives, would want to go home and spend a lovely evening with our, with our wives. Instead, we're told in the text that Uriah never leaves the king's house. He slept in the doorway of the king's house in the presence of a number of the king's servants. These servants that were at the doorway of the king's house were the king's bodyguards. First Kings 14, 27, 28. Here was Uriah. Here was Uriah. Away from his fellow soldiers in battle. Still wanting to serve the king. But instead of going home to enjoy the pleasures of his wife, stood guard at the king's house. Stood guard at the king's house. Uriah was a faithful servant. He will not enjoy a night alone with his wife while his fellow soldiers were in battle. And the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant, was under a tent. Uriah said, I will serve the king by joining those who guard the doorway of the king's house in order to protect the king's life. That was the integrity of the man. That was the integrity of the man. Uriah said, this is the way I'm going to serve the king while I'm in Jerusalem. This is, this is an irony. Here was the king's faithful servant, Uriah, spending the night to guard the king's life, who, who has taken his wife in the night, and who was hatching a plan to kill Uriah. 
He was plotting and scheming to kill Uriah. But here Uriah did not go back to did not did not go to his home his, his home, but spend the night sleep on the floor to protect the king's life. But the king here was trying to destroy him, was scheming and plotting to destroy Uriah. David did not stop there. He resorted to even more extreme measures. Instead of stopping there and admit his wrongdoing to God, he carried his plan further. To the sin of adultery, he added the sin of murder. And not only one, but murders. Because we are told in verse 17 that other soldiers died. He wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with, with Uriah. It contained instructions that Uriah must meet death in battle. Uriah's, Uriah, honest, upright, and fully de dedicated to his nation and to his king, was given a letter with his, with his own death warrant in it to be handed to Joab, the leader of Israel's army. If David could not cover up his sin by his plots, then he would seal you will see he would seal your eyes lips so that he would not be accused. He could not accuse David of being the father of Bathsheba's child. Uriah was listed. Let's look at the, the, the person of Uriah. Uriah was listed as one of David's mighty men. He was one of the elite military men. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 39, and, and um, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 41, Uriah was part of David's elite group called the 30. They were like SEAL Team 6, extraordinary soldiers. He was one of those persons. Uriah was from a local and powerful group people of people known by the Hittites, which suggests to me that he was not born and bred Israelite. Uriah was converted and it is possible his name was changed to, to, to the Israelite name Uriah, which means Yahweh is light, Yahweh is my light, or my light is Yahweh. Uriah observed the rules of holy war, including ex expectations that warriors in, bat, in, in combat would abstain from sexual relations. Deuteronomy 23, 10 1 Samuel 21, verse 4. Therefore, when David, who had gotten Bathsheba pregnant and summoned Uriah from the battlefield in order to get him to sleep with his wife, Uriah consistently refused. He was so devoted to God and his fellow soldiers that even when the king, David, got him drunk, he slept on the mat outside David's house. Uriah, which means Yahweh is my light, was not following the darkness of David's sin, but was following the true light, Yahweh. Uriah did not succumb to the pageantry of the palace and the king. He did not spend an evening at the gala with the king where they were recognizing him as a great soldier. He did not, he did not give, give in to the glitter and the, glow, and the gold of royalty. But he followed his newfound savior, Yahweh. He followed his newfound savior, Yahweh. If we're going to be saints of God, 
Yahweh needs to be our light. If we are going to celebrate, if we are going to celebrate this great, great independence we have in Christ, then we need to be a Uriah. If we are going to be a church, a church of God, then God needs to guide our every move. If we are going to be men and women that of God, then we need to be faithful. Be men and women of honor. Be men and women of integrity. Be men and women of respect. Be men and women of loyalty. Be men and women of obedience. We need to be a Uriah and let God be the light of our lives. Amen. Are we Uriahs? To be a Uriah one, to be a Uriah, we need to be people of devotion. To be a Uriah, we need to be people of devotion. Just like Billy Graham devoted his life to the preaching of the gospel. Just like Martin Luther King devoted his life to the freedom and equality of all people. Just like Miriam Ibrahim, the Sudanese woman who devoted her life to Christ and was sentenced to death because she would not renounce her faith. Similarly, Uriah was devoted to God. He knew who was the object of his worship. He knew that David was not the object of his worship, although David was his earthly king. But the sovereign Lord was the center of his universe. David's plot was, was for Uriah to sleep with his wife after he came home from war. Uriah, Uriah would not allow himself to be with his wife. Uriah, Uriah said, I can't sleep with my wife when the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord, is under a tent and my fellow soldiers are camped in open fields. David seems to have required soldiers carrying out military assignment to keep themselves in a state of ritual purity, which necessarily meant refraining from all sexual contact. First Samuel 20, 21 verse 5 and Exodus 19 verse 15. If Uriah, if Uriah had, had sexual relations with Bathsheba, his wife, he would render himself temporarily unfit for military service. Leviticus 15 verse 18. And, and thus unfit for service for the Lord. Uriah wanted to return to the battlefield. He did not want to be temporarily unfit, knowing that his fellow soldiers were fighting a war. Here was David, willing to possibly lose the war if Uriah had sexual relation with his wife and gone, and gone back to battle and fight after defiling himself. Uriah's refusal to sleep with his wife was a clear expression of his devotion to God. Uriah was, a honor, was an honorable man. Because he did not, because he did, because he did what was, what, because he did what was right, not what was fashionable. The easy thing, I'm sure many of you would agree with me, the easy thing for, for, for him to do was to go home and be with his wife. Right, man? Just, just one person, just one person. The easy thing for him to do was to go home and be with his wife. I'm sure Bathsheba smelled really nice. She, she went out and, and she got a, a lovely perfume. I'm sure Bathsheba heard Uriah was coming home and she went and she got her hair done and her nails done at the Jerusalem salon. I'm sure she did. 
I'm sure she, she bought a, a lovely dress that fit her body perfectly and her, and her makeup was on point. She was, she was looking really good. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about, right? She was looking really good. She was looking good and she was smelling good. Because she knew her husband was coming home. He had just gotten home from war. He was on a furlough. Instead of satisfying and honoring self, he honored God and his fellow soldiers. He went out of his way and showed devotion to his God and his fellow soldiers. I believe, I believe when Christians stand up for biblical principles and devote themselves to the word of God, we will have a better nation. When we are devoted to the preaching of the gospel and we are not ashamed of who we are in Christ, we'll have a better society. When we're devoted to the nucleus of the biblical family and we know that God is the one who instituted the family, we will have a better community. When our young men devote themselves to the chivalry of treating the opposite sex with respect and that they're not just a piece of property for having sex, but that they are created in the very image of God and they must be respected and honored, we will have a better school system. We'll have a better school system. When we as saints of God are devoted to the word of God, which is the inspired, inerrant text of God, we'll have a better nation. My encouragement to you this morning is to be a Levi. My encouragement to you this morning is to be Uriah. Secondly, to be a Uriah, we must be people of loyalty. To be a Uriah, we must be people of loyalty. Uriah was a man of loyalty. What is loyalty? Loyalty is faithfulness to a commitment or obligation. It is unwavering allegiance. Uriah was a man of moral principles, a man who was in right standing with his peers, a man of honesty, a man of integrity, and a man of sincerity. Do you know, do you know, that Uriah, that Uriah carried his death sentence in his own hands? Uriah carried his death sentence in his own hands. He had unwavering allegiance his earthly king David. It is, it is very possible that, that, that it is very possible they, they, they knew each other, uh, uh, each other very well. The fact that David saw Bathsheba taking a bath while he was on top of the palace roof suggests to me that Uriah lived in close proximity to the king. Uriah would not live this close to the king if he did not have a relationship with him. Also, Uriah was part of the elite group of military men. Therefore, he knew David well. Because of his loyalty and trustworthiness, Uriah was given a letter from the king to take to his commanding officer, Joab. Uriah's word was his bond. At no point did he look at the letter. It is likely that Uriah's mind was wondering why the king brought me home when my fellow soldiers are still in, in, a, in a battle. And why he asked how Joab and the soldiers were doing and, 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 the, and how the war was going. 
it is possible that rumors were circulating around Jerusalem about David and Bathsheba. And Uriah could have heard about it. I don't know, maybe. David could have sent a messenger boy as, 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 as David's father did, Jesse, when three of his brothers were fighting against the Philistines under King Saul. David did not need to use a military hero, a military hero as an errand boy to find out how the war was going. Uriah may have been thinking, he want me to be with my wife, he allowed me to get drunk, and now he's giving me a letter to give to Joab. However, Uriah believed in the king. Uriah was faithful. Uriah was a man of integrity. And Uriah was loyal, even to the point of death. Here was a man carrying his death warrant who was loyal to the very end. This reminds me of our soon coming king who left the splendor of heaven and willingly, knowingly, that he would die on a rugged cross. A cross which is, which he said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. A cross that was made for criminals, but the perfect one, guess what? Died for the, the imperfect one, us. He suffered its shame and disgrace. He came as a substitutionary sacrifice. He, 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 we we who are sinners should have hung on the cross, but guess what Jesus did? He knew who he knew he was going to be mocked and, and ridiculed. He, he knew he was going to be spat upon. He knew he was going to be rejected and despised by men. He knew his father would have turned his back on him because the father could not stomach our sins. He knew he was he was he was going to he was going to, to he was going to be dead for him, but triumph for us who put our faith and confidence in him. Here, here was the God man who knew the magnitude of the cross, but did not refrain from the pain and the suffering of the cross. He went to Calvary. He went all the way. He went to Calvary for us. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is the giver of life. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He was loyal to the very end. He was loyal to the very end. Uriah was, a loyal, was loyal to his King David. Our Lord Jesus was loyal to our Heavenly Father. We ought to be loyal soldiers of the cross. We cannot waver one bit on the divine principles that are laid out in God's word. Here was a man, Uriah, who was willing and ready to die for Yahweh. Our Savior who knew what was about to take place in his life was willing to suffer the consequences. We who are born of God should, we, should not refrain from the consequences of the gospel. It does not matter who it may offend, and it will offend. It is an offense to those who are outside of Christ. Uriah was loyal even in death. 
Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Do we have a Uriah here this morning who's loyal, who's devoted? Do we have a Uriah? Thirdly and finally, to be a Uriah, <clears throat> we must be a people of obedience. To be a Uriah, we must be a people of obedience. Israel had a city, Rabba, under siege. The city was well sealed off. The enemy had nowhere to go but to their death if they were to leave the city. Joab is now drawn into Joab is now joined into the plot by David. Joab obeys David's command to send Uriah into the fiercest part of the battle. And my thinking is Joab knows something about what was going on. It is possible that he may even heard about David liaison with Bathsheba. In any case, in any case, the web of deceit and deception is already being woven and more people are being drawn into the conspiracy. Joab following, Joab following the king's order sent Uriah into unnecessary battle to be killed. Uriah was obedient even unto death. I am sure Uriah must have questioned Joab's strategy. He was a military hero. He was, he was a great soldier. We have the city under siege. The enemies cannot go anywhere. We can wait a few days until they run out of water and food. They will have, and then they will wave the white flag. Although he might have known this, he was willing to be obedient to the point of death. Christ has given us a great example. Christ knew the sufferings he was about to go through. He knew some of the disciples would disown him. He knew the brutality of the cross, but he was willing to be obedient and die for our sins. Sins that he did not commit. I pray that we will, we will, we will, we will give up our pride, pride, our fears, and be willing to be obedient to, to the gospel and win the loss for Christ. Uriah was obedient, even though things did not seem right. He was obedient, not because he was, he was in service to David, the human king, but he was obedient because he was in service to the king of kings. We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, obedient even unto the point of that they said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Verse, but even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty, that we will not serve your, your gods or worship the image of the gold you have set up. That's what um, three Hebrew boys said. Daniel, in chapter 6, we see Daniel actually being obedient even to the point of being thrown into the lion's den. The text says, and when Daniel realized that a decree was given, was written, he did, he did not cower or succumb. He, he, it says, he entered where the windows of his upper room opened toward Jerusalem. Three times daily, 
he was kneeling and offering prayers and thanks to his God, just as he had been accustomed to do previously. Daniel was devoted to his God, in spite of the consequences. We see Peter and John in Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 4 being admonished by the Sanhedrin not to speak or preach in the name of Jesus. They replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him. You will be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard our, 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 of our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Jesus. He is Jesus Christ. They have seen the goodness of Jesus. They have seen the miracle, the remark, 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 miracles of Jesus. They have seen the transforming power of Jesus in the lives of the people. They have seen the resurrection power where Jesus said, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and in three days he will rise again. I have seen the goodness of Jesus. Have you seen the goodness of Jesus? We have seen the resurrection power of Jesus in our lives because of the gospel. We have seen the deliverance from insurmountable obstacles. We have seen the peace that passes all understanding. We have seen him deliver us from anxieties, worries, stress in our lives. We have seen him deliver us from the pit of hell and place us on a solid rock and that rock is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, we have seen it. We can be obedient. We can be obedient. We have seen his glory. We have seen what he has done. I'm sure right now many of us are going through some difficulties, some challenging times. Trust in Jesus. He will see you through. Trust in him. Be obedient to the point of death, if that's what it takes. Be obedient. We see Uriah carrying his death sentence in his own hands. Not because he was obedient to David. Because he was obedient to God, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was obedient to the point of death. Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Be a Uriah. He was, he was obedient even in death. Uriah was a great man of moral character. He was loyal, devoted, faithful. And he was a man of honor and integrity. Uriah did not peek at his own death warrant that he carried in his own hands to men who were willing to carry out the king's destructive direction with precision. Can we say we are faithful, loyal, devoted, and obedient? Are we men and women and children of honor and integrity? Are we going to go with the status quo or are we going to stand for what we believe in? Who will stand up? Who will stand up and be a Uriah this morning? Do we have a Uriah here this morning.
We need some Uriah in our homes, in our schools, in our churches, in our society, in our government. It is clear, it is clear. In our society, we don't have a lot of Uriahs. Our wives, sons, and daughters are depending on us men to be Uriahs. We see the lack of character, loyalty, faithfulness, honor, and integrity in our society today. If we're going to be a better nation, a better government, a better church, a better, a better society, a better people, we must be people, we must be men and women with Uriah's character. I believe it starts with us here at Cornerstone. It starts with us, with this local body of believers. Here was a non-Jew, a man who possibly worshipped idols, a man whose culture practiced sexual immorality and murder was a common practice, compared to David, who was born and bred an Israelite, a king and a personification of the Jewish, Jewish ideals of his time, a king who followed after God's own heart, but it was Uriah, but it was Uriah who was willing to do all that it takes, even to die, to serve the great and mighty Jehovah. My encouragement to us this morning, as the worship team should come, my encouragement to us this morning is for us to be a Uriah. Uriah, he was devoted. Uriah, he was loyal. Uriah, he was obedient. Do we have a Uriah here this morning? Father, we ask that you might speak to our hearts. As we seek to close, Lord, we pray that we might follow the principles that we have seen in the text. That we must be people, men and women of characters. We must be loyal, obedient, devoted. In spite of the situations, may we surrender ourselves to you. And may you use us for your glory. As we sing this closing song, may we surrender our lives to you and be Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.